Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers, you are very welcome. I'm currently working through the prophecies of the Master's Voice to get as many of them as need to be put into video format into video so that they can be put up on the blog for posterity. So at this time, I will be handling two prophecies that deal with the wicked, God has been speaking about the fact that people have become very comfortable in committing sin. So sin is already the default posture of the world. The world is in sin. The world is lost in sin. And further to our indictment as a people, even the church is lost in sin. The church is very complacent. The church is actually very anti-God. And this is something that the Lord says all the time, not of myself, but of his own expression. Celestial, they hate me. And when he gives me these prophecies, he always says, my people hate me. They despise my words, and you will hear these very same accusations in the scripture. So what does it mean to be a people who hate God? What does it mean to be a people who despise the word of God? It means that the word of God is sure. The word of God is fixed. The word of God is the foundational pillar, and it is where every single Christian is supposed to get their orientation. But God says that despite the fact that he planted a good vine as his church, and he sent a beautiful vine, his son, to die for the church's sin and the sin of the world. However, God says in Isaiah chapter 5, which I just recently covered in the video that is called Wild Oxen, Wild Oxen and a Wild Vine, God says that he has gotten sour grapes from his church. He has gotten sour grapes from the people that he made sure to plant out of the beautiful vine, Jesus Christ. And now the church is giving him, yeah, very sour grapes. How so? The church does not love the word of God. The church does not like to keep God's commandments. When there is evil afoot, when there is wickedness happening, the church defends the wickedness and says, oh, but give the wickedness one more chance. The church says things like, but we're all human. The church says, oh, touch not the Lord's anointed. The church says, who told you this? Don't you know this is a man of God? So the church has become compromised. The church has become sympathizers of sin. If you have not watched that video and you truly want to hear God's heart, on the disappointment that the church of Jesus Christ has now become. Because when an event happens, when something happens, the church runs to defend the sin and does not run to defend the tenets of this world, of this word, the truth of the gospel. The church looks at the sin and looks at the word of God and decides we're going to back up the sin. Let's go and cover the shame of the sinner. God addresses those things in these two prophecies. And so I will do my very best to bring out all the Lord's words because he said that people will hear all his words. And when they have heard all his words, he will come after and perform every last one of them. So before I decided to put this camera on and do this video, I said, Lord, as always, is there anything you want me to say? And what the Lord said to say is that tell them that there is no more time for sitting on the fence. Tell them that in their day, 
now they will begin to see that righteousness has its own reward and sinfulness and immorality has its own reward. There will not be delay anymore. To those who do righteously, I say to you, you shall have your righteous fruits, you shall have your righteous gifts, you shall have your righteous blessings and your righteous rewards. But to him who puts out his hand to sin, I say to you, you will have the punishment and the judgment of unrighteousness Suddenly, God is saying that there is a boomerang at work in the earth now. And I have been saying it for at least the last few videos, even when the video is not talking about the fact that penalty is going to come very quickly now for sin. I have always made sure to mention at some point of many of the new videos that God says he is not going to delay and spend time giving people the fruit of their action. He says you do righteousness, you, you bear long and you deal with a lot of situations and you do righteousness. You have his promise that he will give you the righteous reward for your deeds. And the Lord says, you reach out your hand to sin. You commit what is evil. He said there will be no longer any drawn out period before the penalty of it comes ricocheting back into your life. And so this, the part of the scripture, he says that it will be unto you. Tell them it will be unto them according to Ezekiel 33. Usually I will read the part where it says the watchman, that is me, has a charge from God. When God tells the watchman to watch and the watchman does not watch and people die in their sin, God says he will hold the watchman to blame. And I have made it very clear on this channel that I will always warn, I will always say all of Yah's words because nobody's blood will be on my hands. You work hard at sin and you get taken away suddenly by the coming of the sword. You earned that. He will never ask me and say, Celestial, did you tell them what I said? The portion he has given today is is very interesting, so please do listen. I will read it and explain it. Therefore you, son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness, nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. So before I go on, let me put this aside. Before I go on to the next verse, this is saying, watchmen, I want you to go and deliver a message for me and make sure that the message is not confusing to them. Make sure that they understand them. Tell all righteous people, if you have been living righteously up to a point and you begin to commit sin, your previous righteousness will not save you. Now, this is very important because to us here on earth, we are used to the earthly legal system. And one of the things that the earthly legal system does is this, when you have been a good boy or a good girl and you suddenly go and commit a crime, one of the things that the lawyers will always do is they will seek to enter previous conduct into consideration. That means if you haven't been committing crime before, if you have a very good reputation at work, um, 
you have character witnesses in your life. There are, there are people, not your mother, but other people who are not connected to you who can stand up and say, we will give testimony that this man or this woman really is a good character. It is very often that the judges take it into account. But God is saying here that when a righteous person who has been doing the right thing, you're a good husband, you're a good father, you're a good man, you're not one to have affairs. When you put your hand out to sister Lulu and you decide that you're tired of your marriage and you just want to see what it's like out there in the great outdoors of adultery, God says that when you put out your hand to do wickedness and he grabs hold of that hand for judgment. His courtroom is different. He is saying that he will not pay attention to your previous good conduct. He will not pay attention to your previous 25 years, eight years, nine years, six months of good Christian conduct, righteousness. He is saying that when the righteous has been righteous and then turns to sin, your previous righteousness will not be taken into consideration at all. That is a terrifying place to be because it means that Jesus is saying he does not look at the past Christian conduct to determine how to judge you when you fall in the day of judgment. Jesus always forgives us when we come to ask for forgiveness, but Jesus is now telling us that we are in the end times and in the end times, a lot of previous bets are off in the end times. Even though the Bible says in one John chapter one, verses eight and nine, confess your sins unto God. And because God is just, he is faithful to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Sin is unrighteousness. That verse shall never pass away. However, in the end times, a new standard also comes into effect. I see a lot of people coming here and saying things like, but you said this would happen to America. So how can this happen to America? And that happened to America. And I've constantly said that in the end times, you will find that 55 things can happen to America at the same time from the same God. And in the day, all 55 of those things begin to hit this nation. You will suddenly understand why Revelation 18 says all her plagues came to her in one hour. You will go, oh, now I get it. One horrible thing doesn't mean that other horrible things couldn't happen because in the end times, 10 million horrible things can fall upon one sinner at the same time. And this is what the Lord is saying here. Previous conduct will not be taken into effect. That means that you can still sin and ask for forgiveness. And at the same time, you can sin. And before you get a chance to open your mouth to ask for forgiveness, judgment will carry you. This was made very clear, for instance, in the prophecy talking about children, where I said that God says that the sin of young people is so much. Young people, if you are watching this video, the Lord has words for you. God has plans for your life. God wants to use you because he is very into using young people for his glory. But if you are a young person who decides that God has no place in your life, no time, you're busy on TikTok and all the talks and everywhere else that um, younger people go to do things and you just don't have time to become a consecrated vessel for God. The prophecy that the Lord gave for young people is that as you sin, you will be taken away. And he gave very clear examples. So older people, you can listen to adults. You can listen to and understand that God can have one part of the Bible that says, if you sin and you ask for forgiveness, I will forgive you. And there can be another part of the Bible that says, 
If you keep going to the house, young person, of the friend who is selling crystal meth and ecstasy and all the other new drugs that I have never heard of in my life, he says that you will go to your friend's house that you know is a drug dealer and you should not be going there, but he's cool and you keep wanting to hang out with him. The day you go there will be the same day of the FBI raid. And when they ask your friend, is this guy a, 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 a normal drug dealer? Even though you are a young person, you don't take the drugs, you don't deal the drugs. Your friend will not want to go to a 25-year prison sentence alone. And he will say, yes, he's my business partner. And the two of you will go down, him for 25 years, you for eight. And that will just be your mother at home crying because she's lost a child to the prison system. That is what it means in the end times. Judgment is swift. God says that young people, you will continue with the drinking, even though you keep hearing preaching to stop drinking, stop vaping, stop shooting up veins. The Lord has given you this beautiful temple and you decide that you will use the hallways of the temple, the vein, to fill it with things. And you will use the doorway of the temple to smoke it with things. And he says that one day you're going to get into a car in that state and get on the highway and less than 15 minutes later, state troopers will be there. And then two hours later at the house of your parents with the hat off going, ma'am, are you the mother of so-and-so? That is what it means in the end times. Judgment falls swiftly. That is what it means in the end times judgment will not be stretched out and delayed anymore forgiveness will still be on the table it's just that in the end times satan will move so fast that you won't be able to get the words out fast enough forgive me lord remember me when you come into your kingdom and so you will exit this life by the doorway of the goats and it will be a terrible pity for you and for your family as well. The Lord also says that as for the wickedness of the wicked, the wicked will not fall because of his previous wickedness. If he decides to make a complete U-turn and leave the doorway of the goats and run over to the doorway of the sheep. So the Lord says he, the wicked will not fall because of his previous wickedness. So this is you with the six girlfriends and the 17 dating apps. And all you're doing is checking those dating apps. The way a man checks his traps for fish. Have I matched with anyone because I need to have sex with a new girl today? Okay. I'm going to try and talk to this one because she always is free. She always says, yes. If you as a man will turn away from that life, consecrate yourself to the Lord, repent of this wild sexual immorality of this lifestyle of being a man who likes men, a, a woman who likes woman. God says, if you will turn away from these things, he's not going to pay one bit of attention to your past. So if you're out there getting the breast hormone therapy and you're a man, and you want to be called crystal, God says that you can stop at any time, not crystal, and you can go back to being Hank and he will receive you. He said that he will not pay any attention to previous acts. If you stop and turn from unrighteousness to righteousness for him, it is water under the bridge. So don't worry about people who say, wait, weren't you crystal? Don't worry about what they will say. Don't worry about what the past was like. The Lord is the one who gives you the new identity in him. 
His promises are written in the blood of Jesus. And he says that he will not remember any previous activity. He will receive you. But then it's so funny. This verse, verse 12 ends by saying, righteous people, you will not live just because you were righteous in the day that you sin, you will not be able to live just because you were previously righteous. So notice he speaks to the righteous at the beginning of the verse and at the end of the verse, and he only speaks to the wicked once, which just goes to show how long God bears with his church. But after he has spoken and warned, he will not continue on. My spirit will no longer strive or my spirit will not always strive with men, meaning I, God, will no longer go back and forth with you arguing when I say that a bishop has raped a child and then you want to say, not our bishop. He could never. God says it is an abomination that these pastors are defiling and turning out these young children. And you, the church, you sit there, you look at a pedophile victim, and you look at the pedophile and you decide, I'll take the pedophile for 200, Joel. I'm going to back up the pedophile. I'll take door number two for 500. It is a shame to you. So these leaders, these leaders are attempting to represent righteousness and you sit before them. They're not preaching holiness. They're not preaching sanctification. They're not telling the churches that there is penalties such as being righteous and stopping the righteousness and beginning to walk in the way of sin can bring a sudden swift judgment upon you. And you gather around them. I don't know why this word, the word is lymphocytes. This is the word that is coming to me, lymphocytes. Uh, and I think a lymphocyte is a white blood cell. So you gather around them like white blood cells. And what, what a lymphocyte, its natural job is when a virus ent enters the body, if there are doctors out there and I'm using a lymphocyte wrongly, please do not um, crucify me in the comments. But this is the word that is coming to me, lymphocyte. I will look it up later and see. But what I know is that white blood cells have a job I'm going to cut this video and put it there, put it separately. God is telling me, continue in this vein, my daughter, continue in this vein. So I'm going to continue in this vein because this is something that God has been expressing to me for a very long time, showing me, Celestial, do you see how rotten the church is? Do you actually see how corrupt the church is? Do you see how much when I tell you, God tells me things, and I will listen to him and be thinking in my heart, Lord, I can't say that you're not telling the truth. It's just that I wish this, Lord, and I wish that for them, and I pray this for them, and God would always tell me, you are pouring out wine upon rocks. You don't understand that they have sin in their hearts, and that is why they rush to cover sin. For how can a naked man not want to run and cover the nakedness of another? Imagine God saying that the end times church, 
that is supposed to be rising up to defend the cause of the lost, the broken, the weak, the widow, the orphan. And now I also have to add those in the sex industry flop houses. Now I have to ask, add those in the underground bunkers that are dying in the midst of experiments. And now I have to add the, the Hispanic women who are getting punched in the eye when they steal them from Mexico and they bring them here to be forced to be sold on human trafficking websites and raped to death. The redheaded girl I saw raped by more than one man in her town. And then the white pickup truck took her to the water and threw her in so that all the semen and all the fingerprints and everything could just pickle off her body. And then they pull her out and just say another cold case file, another cold case file. God is going to deal with the cold case files in this prophecy. And then after the prophecy comes out, he will deal with them in real life. It will not be cold case file. It will become all warmed up files. He will find them says, how can they not defend sinners, celestial? Aren't they sinners themselves? Real Christians be warned. You are a dying breed. And these false prophets are lying to you that, oh, we're so many that the church of Jesus Christ is so vibrant and alive. It's a dead and a dying root. And Jesus has a very sharp knife, the knife they use to cut fruit. And he's going to shave off all the dead dying parts and then you're going to see that we are this little stick. Excuse the noise. How can they not rush to cover this sin? How can they not rush to cover the nakedness of these predator pastors? They're full of sin themselves. They're full of compromise themselves. Real church, you are a rare and a dying breed. You that are willing to pay the price, you that are willing to be the only one at the family table who says this LGJGJ is not right. And everybody hates you. And sometimes they tell you with their mouth, we hate you. That is demonic spirits inside expressing their hatred of the presence of Christ at the table. Jesus was never welcome at a single Pharisee table. And I don't know why many of you keep expecting to be welcome in the midst of the sinners. When you say that something is not right, you are rejected. The sinners do not want to have sin uncovered because subconsciously, not even in their conscious minds, subconsciously in the belly, they know when Jesus comes and exposes the sin of the apostles and the prophets and the pastors, the next person's sin he's going after is mine. They don't want to see the bishop fall because after the bishop falls, it's them. After the bishop and the pastor and, and the reverend, uh, 17 different titles goes down, the next person that the finger of God is going to point to is this righteous who is actually not righteous at all, but a transgressor and a breaker of the law. They don't want the high buildings to fall because they know after high buildings fall, the demons that are controlling them and speaking out of them knows when the tall buildings fall, it's the little hut that's going to get crushed next by Jesus. So that is why we are in the situation that we are in, where the righteous will defend the sinner, uphold the sinner, beg for one more chance. We're all human, they will say. I've always said this is a curious saying, 
Was the gospel given to turtles? Wasn't the gospel given to humans? So if the gospel was given to humans, then why are other humans by the spirit walking after this gospel given to humans and then other humans by another spirit refuse to honor this gospel? We're all humans in the gospel, yes. So why do some humans constantly defend sin? This is a question that God has been asking me. Let me bring the question out. What is the sickness in the church that that gathers around? I was talking about lymphocytes, whatever they may be, but I will just go with what I know, which are the white blood cells. When the white blood cells see a virus, the, the job of the white blood cells to quickly surround that virus and then blast it with their little blasty rays, whatever that virus will be and get it out of the body because it is a harm to the body. And should that virus be allowed to multiply, the body will visibly sicken. And if that virus is bad enough, the body will visibly wither and then pass away. But we have a tragedy of the white blood cells. The white blood cells are now surrounding the virus and going happy birthday to you virus. Please grow big and strong, virus. Please multiply each day until we pass away. The white blood cells are protecting the virus in the church of Jesus Christ. The white blood cells are saying, don't, don't talk about the virus and stop exposing the virus. You don't know the virus like we do. The white blood cells have failed in their commission to Christ, who the Bible says is the head. Christ is just fine. His body is so sick and passing away. And that is why church and bride are not the same. The church is this sick body. And Jesus is just going to unzip her like these suits that the actors wear so that the bride can come out of her and be separate. Ezekiel chapter 33, if you have not read it, I strongly advise you, unless you are somebody who hates the truth, I strongly advise you to read Ezekiel 33. I will do the prophecy momentarily, separately in its own video. God bless.